All right, time to unset. How you doing today? How you feeling? That's enough small talk. Let's get after it. Hey, everyone. I hope all is well in your world. Welcome to episode 50. Can you believe it? Episode 50. I have to tell you, it kind of snuck up on me. I've been so focused on getting ahead of the production calendar that it wasn't until episode 49 went live that I realized we were about to post our 50th. I wish I could tell you I had a special episode planned out for the occasion. You know I'm all about celebrating small victories, and this is definitely a small victory. Um, But I think instead of doing some kind of slick production or scripted piece, I'm just going to talk a little off the cuff today about a topic that's been stuck in my crawl for a while, but I haven't really been able to get a handle on how I wanted to talk about it. But maybe today is a good day to talk about commitment. I know, not a sexy topic. It's one of those topics that people drone on and on about, and we maybe have a tendency to tune it out. But I'm going to go for it, and I'm going to use this podcast to get the discussion off the ground. To begin, I want to read you some statistics. Yeah, I know. Quite the auspicious start. Stay with me here. A little over a year ago, episode one went live July 6th. I remember that day my excitement was short-lived. Not because I'm doom and gloom, dude, but because of the statistics. The numbers, as they tell the tale of new podcasts, weren't good. For example... Of the 2.5 million podcasts out there in the universe, 90% of them will never reach their 20th episode. The top 1%, the most successful podcasts on the planet, belong to about 20,000 people who made it to episode 21. Those people who made the commitment to keep going. Now, we're nowhere near the top of that list, but we are well past episode 20, and that's something. And this gets me to today's topic. This year, I've learned a lot about commitment. Maybe I knew it all along and didn't apply it. Either way, my understanding of commitment as it interacts with my life has changed. What I've come to realize this year is that commitment has little or nothing to do with the point of arrival. It's not a destination. If I do this, I'll get that. Because when we do that, the level of commitment rises and falls according to the reward. If there's little to no reward, our commitment to the commitment fades or goes away entirely and we revert back to previous behaviors. This is one of the reasons New Year's resolutions don't work. Why relying on our willpower also rarely works. Because both of these hinge on the fact that usually when we make a resolution or we have to rely on our willpower, it's because we're seeking to deprive ourselves of something. At the beginning, The initial spark triggers our enthusiasm and our desire to stick with it for a while. When the newness wears off and we encounter the rough patches or when we fall off the wagon, what empowers us to keep going? This is what fascinates me. So many of us encounter one defeat or a little hiccup and allow it to derail the entire endeavor. Of course, someone's come up with a commitment scale. And depending on who you trust there are anywhere from three to six levels on that scale. I know. As if committing to commitment wasn't bad enough, there's a scale to show you how much you suck at it in case you didn't know. After some research, very little, by the way, I'm going to go with the five-level breakdown. I don't need an extra level of suck, thank you very much. So, level one, awareness. 
This is the easy part. You decide there's something that needs changing, or you got a goal or desire you want to achieve. Level two, the willingness to change. This is where, if you're going to get stuck or abandon the effort, it happens right here. Yep. As quickly as level two, you realize how difficult the new desire or goal is, and you let your resistance talk you out of it. But if you make it past level two, you hit level three, the level of intense focus. Think of this as your episode 20. You got past level two, you worked through the resistance, and you got a clear vision of what you need to do. You focus, you develop a routine, and if you listen to Charles Duhigg and his book, The Power of Habit, you only have 245 days to keep this focus up until it becomes a habit. That's about eight months. Others say it's close to 66 days. I'm going to go with that. Now, if you reach level four, you're committed. You've worked through the obstacles. You know about the 245 days and still you're committed, whatever it takes. You're willing to put in the work. And then you hit level five, character. Through this work, self-exploration, you've become, or you're much closer to becoming the person you sought out to be when you develop the awareness back in level one. Now, who would know better about this process than the enormously successful Zig Ziglar? Zig said, it was character that got us out of bed, commitment that moved us into action, and discipline that enabled us to follow through. Hmm. Zig is one of a lot of smarter men and women than I am that have spent decades of study on this stuff. But for me, personally, sometimes what resonates, what gets through to me, is not a gradient level or a scale. It's not a chart or a graph either. It's an expression or a tactic explained so clearly you simply can't argue with it. A little earlier, I told you that I arrived at a realization that commitment as it relates to my life has little or nothing to do with a point of arrival. And this year, I realized that I'm able to maintain my level of intensity because I'm no longer committing to something external. I'm not committed to the action. I'm committed to me. I'm committed to the self. If I make a commitment to work out, write a book, or produce this podcast... I'm making a promise to myself that I'll show up and be present for me. If I don't, I breach the contract I made with myself. That's what motivates me at this point. So carrying that forward, what does it look like if we change our thinking about how we commit to things? Instead of committing to a diet, commit to yourself. Commit to the promise of self-improvement, self-respect, or self-love rather than the action of losing weight. Sounds too simple, doesn't it? And I know what you're thinking. There have to be days when I don't feel like keeping that promise. Hell yeah. Like, almost every day? But back in episode 46, I mentioned I've been walking every morning for one hour since March 1st. I've kept to that promise, I realize. Not because I wanted to lose weight and look better at the beach. I kept to that promise because I felt like shit, physically and mentally, and I wanted it to change. Level one, awareness. I decided to commit to me, not to walking three miles every morning. That would have never held up. But a promise to myself, well, that holds up. Because if I break that promise to myself, I feel like shit in an entirely different way. I feel like I've let myself down. 
And I'll be completely honest with you. When I open my eyes in the morning, the first thing I think is, I don't feel like walking. Now, a quick sidebar. I follow a couple people online that I think are just brilliant in the way they explain things and break them into digestible bites one at a time. They're content creators, authors, and podcasters as well. These are uber-successful people, those one percenters at the top of the list, award winners, New York Times bestsellers, etc., etc. One of them is Casey Neistat, one of them's Rich Roll, and the third is Mel Robbins. You can find all of them if you don't already know them with one click of your mouse. And Mel Robbins in particular is the reason I drag my ass out of bed at 5.30 in the morning. She's honest, open, beautiful, and flawed. And she said something earlier this year, just as I started walking, that really sort of changed my life, or the way I look at my life in this moment. It's so simple. It's that expression I spoke of earlier, the one explained so clearly that you simply can't argue with it. She said, Despite how you feel, take the action. Seven words. We humans are so driven by our feelings about things that sometimes we allow them to castrate our entire effort. She didn't say it like that. She didn't use that word, but that was her point. We don't take the step or make the effort because we don't feel like it. And to her point, she says, okay, now we know you don't feel like doing it. Do it anyway. This has become sort of a joke in our house. I wake up in the morning, I mumble, ugh. I don't feel like going for my walk. I don't feel like working out. And my wife, who is also Mel, says, Okay, babe, now we know how you feel. Put your shoes on. I'll see you in an hour. She says this, by the way, while under the covers and without opening a single eye. And let me be clear. I'm not talking about forcing ourselves to do something that is clearly harmful to our being. I'm not talking about continuing with toxic behaviors. I'm talking about embracing discomfort for the betterment of our future selves. You see, when you think about things in this way, it gives you the power to acknowledge that you don't feel like doing something, while at the same time motivating you to do that very thing, to keep that promise, whatever it is. For me, it's this podcast, my morning walks, and my workouts. Other than my commitment to my family and friends, the biggest commitment in my life right now is to myself. And in a world where if you have to expose yourself to social media on a daily basis, as I do if I want to keep making a living, we get all kinds of mixed messages about who we should be, where we should be headed, and what route we should take to get there. Trust me, this is not that. I'm not speaking from any position other than one of curiosity, because what works for me may not work for you. And just because Mel Robbins says it works doesn't mean it will but it doesn't mean it isn't worth investigating. These are just ideas. These are nuggets to chew on and experiment with if other things you've tried haven't worked. Because sometimes it takes hearing something 50 times before it sticks on the 51st time. I am infinitely curious as to why what hasn't worked in the past seems to work effortlessly now, and conversely, what was once a fluid procedure I could do in my sleep now seems as difficult for me as quantum physics. I beg to understand it, and at this stage in my journey, I'm fully on board with the notion that if nothing else, do one thing every day that scares the absolute shit out of you. It doesn't have to be skydiving or knife throwing or any act of danger. 
I'm not talking about reckless behavior. I'm talking about the little things, the things that get dismissed by all those folks stuck at level two. And what if that one thing I'm talking about, the one thing that scared the hell out of you, was simply keeping a promise you made to yourself? that's all i got for this week if you like the show and you want to stay up to date on what's coming get on our email list even better become a show supporter you can do both of those things at themindunsaid.com just click the button show has big goals this year and we'd love to reach them but it doesn't happen without you share the episodes tell your friends leave a review every little bit helps as always i'll be here next week i hope you will too you know what i'm gonna say until then be nice do good stuff 